It's week 22, and for most of you, it's the playoffs. If you're in a Roto League, the season is winding down. Welcome to the show, Fantasy Baseball Today. Sunday, August 28th, we're going to help you set your lineup for Fantasy Week 22. Adam Azer, Al Melky, or Scott White. Scott, what's up with the glasses today? Different look. I, I'm trying to be Al's adopted yeah. son here, <laughs> I think. <laughs> trying to be more and more like Al every day. I, I guess so. It's rubbing Scott off White, on me. The new data analyst. <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll just swap places, swap titles. What's going on in the podcast league? I hear there's some drama. Funny you should say that. I've got it uh, on the laptop here. Uh, we're vying for the playoff, uh, playoff spot. Uh, it's been an up and down zigzag week for me, but right now I've got a uh, 21 and a half point lead going into the late afternoon on Sunday. So. Uh, be nice if the Giants could give Matt Cain some run support, but I might not need it. And I got very, very lucky this weekend, by the way, because um, Mr. Sullivan here, my opponent, was supposed to get a start from Roy Halladay. That certainly would have iced it for him. Oh, Hurricane Irene. Yeah. Should have started Hurricane Irene this week. He should have. She had a big impact. She is my MVP. In fantasy baseball. So does that mean Scott's not going to make the playoffs? No, I'm in. He's I'm in. in. I'm, I'm pushing 400 points this week. Oh, it's okay. a statement game all the way. So you're both going to make the playoffs. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm questionable here. Okay. Yeah. Well, well see. assuming Al wins, things are looking good for the two of you in the podcast league. Congratulations. I'm not even close. By the way, trivia question for Scott: Which team has the second best winning per third best winning percentage in Major League Baseball as we record this before the Yankees' second game of a split doubleheader on Sunday? Considering we were talking about it just before we started recording here, I'm going to say it's the Brewers and not the Yankees. It's both. Oh. Both have a 600 winning percentage. How about those Brewers? They are tearing it up. Let's get into the show. A few weeks ago, I brought up Carlos Gonzalez, and I said he will have a week, week 22 in the, po- in the fantasy postseason, that he plays seven games on the road. Would you start him? Would you sit him? Al and I sort of leaned towards sit. He had really bad road numbers at that point. Scott said start. Well, since then, he has been awesome on the road. Four home runs in his last nine road games. He now has a two forty six batting average with nine home runs, 28 RBIs, six steals in 52 games. So that's like a 27 homer, almost 90 RBI kind of guy. So you would definitely start Carlos Gonzalez now with a seven road game week coming up. I yeah, think it's seven. no doubt about it. Okay. This is what I thought would happen if you sat him. He'd, he'd Go all Carlos Gonzalez on you. <laughs> Remember how talented he is no matter where he's playing. And do something like this. Hit three or four home runs this upcoming week. So uh, add the fact that he's just hot in general yeah. right now. I think he's got something like 26 RBI in his last 14, 15 games. Something like that. Uh, you have to start Carlos Gonzalez for your playoffs. You on board, Al? I am on board, yeah. And I don't want to sit those road stats, <laughs> even if the batting average is not Carlos gonzalez so we'll get into the hitting planner and the pitching planner, fantasynews.cbsports.com for much more, including very important injury updates. We'll try to get to some stuff later today, but we won't have the latest information here on Sunday. You want to check it out on Monday. So the Marlins and Mets play eight games. However, only the Mets fall into the best five matchups category. Best five matchups are the Mets, Tigers, Angels, Blue Jays, and Pirates in terms of hitters. Mets, Tigers, Angels, Blue Jays, Pirates. What does that mean in terms of fringe guys? Well, it means for the Mets, you absolutely want to get Angel Pagan started as hot as he's been the entire month of August. Um, Angels, they had a few fringe guys you were sitting last week because they played only five-game week. 
most of them ended up performing well. But now those fringe guys you probably want to start. Uh, and the Blue Jays are, are kind of the same way uh, with a lot of the sleeper hitters. The Edwin Encarnacion's who's heated up again, yeah. you'll probably want to get him active. So a, a lot of good sleepers on those five teams. Five worst matchups, Rangers, Reds, Cardinals, Cubs, Rockies. Rangers, Reds, Cardinals, Cubs, Rockies. Yeah, the Rockies are an interesting one here because the matchups don't really blow you away, but they are on the road for all six of their games, and three of them are at Petco Park. So it's just like uh, the antithesis of what they're used to dealing with at Coors Field, and and a lot of their hitters are going to struggle on that trip. But not Carlos Gonzalez. Not Carlos Gonzalez. It's six games. For the Rockies. And by the way, the first game tomorrow, important note, first game on Monday is at 4.10. So you do need to get your Eastern time. You do need to get your lineup set a little bit earlier. Guys, let's go to catcher. Kurt Suzuki, Al, start or sit? If you got him, you start him. I still think of him as sort of a borderline guy, but he always plays you know, the, the bulk of the schedule every week, so that alone makes him worth starting. Giovanni Soto, Scott. I'm going to sit him, and he did have a nice little power run earlier in the month, but the Cubs are one of those five worst matchups we had there. Um, And not only that, but other than those few home runs Soto hit, he's done nothing, striking out a ton, 32 strikeouts in August, which is just crazy for for a guy who doesn't even play every single day. Chris Iannetta. Now that's a guy who, home, home away, I'm going to sit him on the road. Clearly not the kind of high-end player Carlos Gonzalez is, but uh, the splits are even more dramatic for Ian at a 145 with a 535 OPS on the road. That's for the entire season, 145. Whoa, that's pretty bad. That's awful. Okay, so we'll go with J.P. Aaron Sibia over Soto and Ionetta. I would say so, yes. Would you go with Ryan Dobit? So the Pirates have one of those good matchups. They do, and he really hasn't been bad since coming back from his fractured ankle. Uh, he's still he's still a, a borderline guy in my eyes, but somebody who's not getting enough attention. I, I think of him more as a number two catcher still. I'd probably start him over Ionetta because I don't trust Ionetta to do anything with that batting average, but maybe not over Soto. Moving on to first base, and first base we'll look at Brandon Allen. That's Scott's boy, so what do you think? Not to the point where I'm going to start him yet, but... Definitely very encouraged by his performance with the Athletics. Maybe if they had one of the top five matchups, I would be looking into starting him. But they don't. No, they don't. Carlos Pena, I'll start or sit. I think probably I'd be sitting Pena unless I were pretty desperate. Pena or Morneau? Yeah, not that desperate. Uh, <laughs> Pena. <laughs> okay. Mark Reynolds. So he's definitely hot enough to start at third base. But is he hot enough to start at first base right now? I mean, it depends who else you have. Mark Reynolds, I think, the way he's hitting, you know, hit homered in three straight games over the weekend, uh, and I think has nine homers in his last 27 games. You want him active somewhere. Third base is obviously the more logical place. I wouldn't start him over um, all those great options at first base, even even guys like Ryan Howard, Lance Berkman. You know, I, I still think of them as must-start options. Alex Gonzalez and uh, not Alex Gonzalez, Adrian. Alex Gordon. Oh, okay. And Adrian Gonzalez, and- <laughs> of course. He's, he's even higher. And I wouldn't sit rent those for any of those for Reynolds, but I, I think most people will have a place to start Reynolds somewhere. Second base, we have to. T- it's just we have to. We have to do it. Kelly Johnson. 
I'm going to sit him. He went 0 for 4 today with four strikeouts. Works for me. <laughs> Works for yeah. me. Okay. Not, not really seeing the improvement there for in Toronto no. yet. If there is going to be one. Howard Kendrick. He homered four times in five games entering Sunday. Starter sit. Well, that's one of those fringe players I was talking about, which means I also recommended sitting him for the five-game week this last week. And uh, lo and behold, Sorry, he managed dude. to put up awesome numbers <laughs> Sorry, in buddy. those five games. So absolutely get him started for this week. It's a seven-game week against uh, the Mariners and Twins, where really the only above-average pitcher they're facing is Felix Hernandez. Start Howard Kendrick. What about Brett Laurie? Start or sit? At this point, I don't see how you could go against him. He's been everything he was advertised to be coming up from the minors. The Blue Jays, one of the five good matchups this week. They get the Orioles for the first four of their seven games. So, obviously, I would expect Laurie to tee off on the Orioles. <laughs> I'm down with that. Darwin yeah. Barney, starter sit out. Well, I'm only using him in NL-only leagues right now, or actually all year. Um, and with the bad matchups, there's really... No reason to change that course, so sit Barney. Third base, Mike Moustakas is tearing it up, but he is Al's quick pitch, so you'll have to wait a little while to hear about him. He's been on a hot streak. Kyle Seeger, good enough to start? Looks like it. He hasn't gained shortstop eligibility, which is what I was hoping for, but since I quick pitched him uh, Thursday or whatever it was, he put together, I think it was three straight games with three hits or more, ended up with 29 points for the last scoring period, and that was entering Sunday. So after that, who knows how many he'll have. 16 points last week, even before he really took off like this. So I think he's doing enough, even at third base, that he can be a reasonable sleeper. Did you start him over Casey McGee? I think I would. Danny Valencia. Start uh, I would, compared to Seager or just sure, in general? Both. 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 Why not? <laughs> yeah, Valencia looks like a sit this week, and it's always a lefty-righty thing for him. Uh, only one lefty on the schedule in a six-game week for the Twins. And that's what he does most of his production against. He's, he's in the low 200s against righties. David Freeze, Al, start or sit? Uh, sit or, no, I'm sorry. was thinking start, said sit, but I mean start. Start okay. David Freeze. <laughs> Short stop. Marco Scudero. First of all, Jose Reyes should be back Monday. Hanley Ramirez should play half the week. We'll get to that later. Marco Scudero, start or sit? Probably sit. He just hasn't done enough to to make much of an impact in mixed leagues. I think, you know, just because he plays in the deep Red Sox lineup, you could always do worse than Scudero if you're desperate there. But um, I, I don't think I'd start him in most cases. Scudero or Hanley Ramirez? That's that's what I was thinking of just then. Would I start a full week of Scudero over half a week from Hanley? And I don't think I would particularly because half a week's still going to mean four games in the eight-game week for the Marlins. You know, unless something changes where it, it looks like Hanley's return is more up in the air than it seems like right now, I would go with Hanley. Would you start any of these guys over Hanley Ramirez? Eric Ibar, Unieski Betancourt, Trevor Plouffe? None of those three. I think he got nothing to gain. Um, you know, Ibar just being ice cold, the other guys. Well, uh, Ibar's yeah. actually picked it up over the five-game week also. Yeah. Turns out all the Angels were awesome during that <laughs> short week. Um, and they do have really good matchups this week, like I said before. the um, Just to throw a few names out there, Anthony Vasquez, Charlie Furbush, Brian Dunsing, Kevin Slowey. I think I would trust Ibar in those seven games over Hanley in the four. But the other two, 
Yeah. Betancourt and Plouffe are just too low end, I think. Okay, to the outfield then. Carlos Beltran. He's gotten some hits. Been all right. Start or sit? I guess you could start him again. I was worried that he wasn't completely healed, but he homered in the second game back, has been getting hits with a fair amount of consistency. And he was a high-end guy before he got hurt, so I, I think I'd be ready to trust him again. Delman Young. I'm not trusting him again, even though he's hit much better as a Tiger. Yeah, over 300. I, I think he has some sleeper appeal this week, it, mostly because the Tigers have a four-game series against the Royals to open the week, and their pitching staff is only slightly better than the Orioles. Chris so. Young. Chris Young got back on track yes, at home. And he gets three games at home to open the week against some of the the very bottom end of the Rockies rotation. So he might be able to have a good first half of the week there, but then ending it against at uh, at um, at the Giants, AT and T Park, uh, going against Matt Cain and Tim Lincecum, or actually Matt Cain, Tim Lincecum, and Ryle Vogel song there to end the week. It, it's I think I would start Young since he seems to be back on track, but it's not a it's not a sure thing with those matchups. Is Peter Borges another one of those fringe angels? He homered again on Saturday. Is he another fringe angel you would start? I think so. I mean, those matchups just look so enticing, and he's been so hot. I'm, I'm still not convinced this is the breakout for Borges, but why not ride the hot hand? Al, would you start Borges over Chris Young? You know, as hot as Borges is and as good as his matchups are with Young waking up, uh, I would rather trust Young. John Mayberry Jr., do you guys trust him? I would still leave him for deeper leagues, but I think he's going to get fairly consistent playing time this week. Abanez isn't back from the groin injury yet, but it looks like he's going to play more even when Abanez does get back. I would say, uh, let's say five of the seven games I would expect Mayberry to start this week for the Phillies. Jeff Francoeur... He's hitting 327 in August going into Sunday, but just one home run, only one steal. And he has been thrown out five straight times trying to steal. Yeah, maybe he should stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you keep seeing him get hits, but he's not really producing, you know, like 10 to 15 to 12 fantasy points, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's very empty uh, yeah. batting average production from, from Francoeur. And even if there was a little more than that, I just still can't trust him. I, I sort of fell for it earlier in the year when his production was a little more extended than I was expecting it to be, but... You know, overall, he's really been pretty much the same hitter that he's been for the last several seasons. Would you go with Mayberry over him? Over yes, I, yes, I would. Would you go with Borges over Frank Hoare? Uh I would go with Borges too. Yeah, sure. um, you know, like the like the matchups. We have a lot of injuries, news, and notes to get to, but I urge all of you, since this is very important, this week is huge. You got to check the website cbssports.com or fantasynews.cbssports.com. Brian Wilson, guys. I'm just going to name names. You tell me. Starter sit this week. Brian Wilson. Uh, well, Scott and I are both sort of uh, hedging here. So, I, you know, I think given the uncertainty, I probably would, would sit Wilson this week. Jose Reyes. Start him, right? Uh, you got to start him. Looks like he's going to be back Monday. Yeah, he's one of the best shortstops. Cole Hamels. Hamels is good to go. Um, in fact, for two starts. So he's, he's a must start this week. All right. We talked about Handy Ramirez. Michael Kadire. He thinks he should be able to be in the lineup at the start of the week. Missed a couple games with a, a a wrist injury. Doesn't seem to be a big deal, but he's been so in and out of the lineup recently. 
I think at one of the three positions he's eligible, you probably have a big enough need to start him, but I'm not just going to say a flat start for Kadir. Kevin Euclidus. I would not start Kevin Euclidus because he is going to begin his rehab assignment near the beginning of the week. I, I wouldn't expect him back till the weekend. We won't get Adrian Beltre this week, right? No, it doesn't look like it. Shin Su Chu. He looks like he's going to go on the DL. Ah, very um, annoying. Yeah, so I'd, I'd stay away from Chu. Stay away from Ricky Weeks, yes? Yeah, no no timetable for a return there, so uh, he's a sit. Andre Ethier, start or sit? I would have probably said start until the news that just broke today uh, about his knee. He, he blames it for his lack of production since the All-Star break where he's hitting like 220 with one home run. Uh, the Dodgers... Either they, they want him to play through the injury or they're skeptical he has an injury at all. There's, there's, there seems to be some uncertainty there where exactly they stand on the issue. But uh, between the threat, Ethier could get his way and shut it down early or the likelihood he's just going to continue to struggle with that injury, I think I'd probably sit him in mixed leagues. Joe Maurer. I uh, would start Joe Maurer. Okay. He should be back Monday. Keith Bell stays put, so that means he will be the Padres closer for the rest of the year, barring injury. And if you have been holding on to Luke Gregerson, <laughs> I finally dropped him. We're good to go there. Congratulations. Jim Tomei, once again a Cleveland Indian, and he homered on Saturday. You guys On, uh, on his birthday, too. On his birthday, you sure did. You guys care about this? Uh, not really, because I don't think it's going to mean or maybe a little bit maybe of an uptick a little. Uh, yeah. in his playing time and therefore his production, but not, not a big change. All right. Moving on to Jordan Zimmerman, just confirming he is done, right? He is done. Made his last start today being Sunday. Uh, they'll plug somebody in. The Nationals will plug somebody in next week. Uh, and then it's uh, Strasmus after that. <laughs> Merry Strasmus, everybody. Francisco Liriano on the DL. This was so appropriate. Right after you went on about Anthony Swarzak, Scott. So uh, good information on Thursday. But he did get beat up when he replaced Liriano. Well, he wasn't expecting exactly, it, you know. Exactly. We'll, we'll let, him, we'll let, we'll let slide. that slide, we'll yeah. <laughs> but you're keeping an eye on him. In deeper leagues, yes, mostly because of his RP eligibility. Michael Brantley out for the year, so you can drop him. Cameron Mabin has a bad wrist, and he missed Saturday's game. Not sure about Sunday's. I'll try to look that up. But is he too risky? I think he probably is. You know, he's a borderline option to begin with, and the Padres are playing half of their six games at home where he doesn't hit well, so I would avoid Mabin. Eric Surkamp, a giant starting pitcher, is he worth looking at? Yes, but not for Week 22. In fact, he was optioned uh, back to the minors on Sunday. Um, that was a move that was pretty much expected. The Giants have a day off this coming week, so they'll go with the four-man rotation. Sir Camp will be back on, I believe it's September 6th, which is Week 23. So uh, NL-only leagues pick him up for Week 23. And Jonathan Sanchez sticking with those Giants. He may be out for the year. Doesn't look like you're going to get much from Jonathan Sanchez this season. One-star pitchers, two-star pitchers, and then we'll quick pitch. Let's start out with the one-star guys. Edwin Jackson, six innings, one earned run Thursday. He only struck out two. He is at Milwaukee this week, uh, tied with the Yankees for the third-best winning percentage in baseball. Heard those that. Milwaukee Brewers. 75% ownership started in 34% of leagues. 
Edwin Jackson. Yeah, Jackson's been a little bit more consistent since coming to the Cardinals, uh, but you've got that longer track record of um, just insanity with him. <laughs> you're never sure what you're going to get. So uh, I, with, with one start, uh, even though he's been good lately, there's a lot of good options this week, so you can afford to sit Jackson. Deeper leagues, do you care about starting pitcher Wade Miley of Arizona? He threw six scoreless innings Thursday. He's, uh, he does have Colorado at home. Okay, uh, at, yeah, at Arizona, um, which is a decent matchup. So for that reason, probably alone, uh, he's worth starting in NL-only leagues. Alexi Ogando, start or sit. He has an 8-10 ERA over his last four starts. He's got the Rays at home. The Rays could be somewhat of a cure-all for terrible pitching. Maybe. Yeah, that might be overstating it a bit. Okay. Yeah, no hitter. I, I feel like most of that 8-10 <laughs> ERA, you know, he was awful last time out. But for the most part, I, I feel like he's been pretty consistent in the second half. Um, he got an eight ten ERA over his last four starts. Yeah, but what's the exact <laughs> breakdown, Adam? Right. Let's look you're, it up. You're trying, to, you're trying to skew the numbers on me. Let's look it up. By the way, uh, Cameron Maben did miss Sunday's game, unless he comes in later as a pinch hitter. But uh, I will look up Ogando. Let's go you know, back to him. Phil Hughes. We'll go back to him in a second. Phil okay. Hughes at Boston only started in 30% of leagues, and he had a horrible outing last time. Yes, he did. But that's one of, I think, really two bad outings since he's come back in June. Both against the A's? <laughs> uh, were they both? Well, he's had two horrible starts against the A's. Yeah. I thought there were more bad starts, but this one was the, yeah, the no, this, terrible. This, terrible this last one was terrible, days. but the, I'm not too worried about it. He was really, really solid for several You're starts. You're starting him at Boston? One. So even though it's at Boston, well, he said he said that uh, he was glad to be done with the A's. So it's a, a change <laughs> of scenery for him. Nice little trip up to Boston. It'll be a little wet up there from, from the hurricane. Yeah. No, no, I think Hughes is okay to, to start. Okay, you ready for Ogando's breakdown? Let's do what, it. You want those last four games? Sure. Two and two-thirds, six earned. Against Seattle. At the Angels, six and a third, four earned. At the White Sox, seven innings, two earned, with five strikeouts. And then Boston, four innings, six earned. Yeah, and then before that, it looks like two earned, three earned, three earned. And, and that's, that's more what I expect. Okay, four earned and six and a third inning, it could have easily been three earned. I'll let that slide. So really, two bad starts in his last four is what we're yeah. talking about. Two decent starts. And... He he's not a guy I'd start every one start week anyway. So, in a way, I can just say it depends on matchups. But if 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 in that one start week he still looks like one of your five best pitchers, you've relied on him as one of your five best pitchers all year. I think I wouldn't be scared off by that last poor start. Ogando or Hughes? I would go with Ogando. I would go with Hughes. Really? Yeah, Hughes has been been more consistent. I, I Hughes at Boston instead of Ogando against the Rays. Okay. Yeah, I just think, you know, Hughes is a guy I don't worry that much about matchups with okay. him. I actually would worry more with Ogando because he's been less consistent. Ubaldo Jimenez, he struck out 10 last time out. He allowed one earned run in seven. What was that? <laughs> I started him, uh, even though I recommended <laughs> not starting him. For so those of you without video, that was a that. fist pump. Yes. Scott White fist pump. He has Oakland at home. Ding, 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 ding. Start him? Yes, which means he's going to get throttled, but yes. <laughs> Josh Colmenter, five earned runs in his last four starts, Colorado at home. Only owned in 50% of leagues. Yeah, and, uh, you know, talk about inconsistent guys. He's been one of the most inconsistent this year. Uh, but Colmenter, his, uh, you know, be, be, the inconsistency makes him a low-end guy at best, but I think this week, uh, if you need a low-end guy, he's been on a good run lately, so you can start him. John Danks started in half of our leagues. 
He's at Detroit. I feel like he's under-activated. That is just not enough. Yeah, no, he should be started in more leagues than that. Threw a shutout last time out. That's yeah, really what boosted his stock. I give him a fist pump. Double fist Double. pump, yes. <laughs> Michael Pineda, he has been good his last two times out. He's at Oakland. Starter sit. Yeah, he's he's really been fine in the second half. Had a couple uh, rough starts early that had us all scared to death, but uh, I would treat him more or less like I'd treat Ogando, where if I've been trusting him as one of my five guys, I would trust him, certainly with that good matchup against the Athletics. And Eric Bedard, our last one-star pitcher to talk about, he gets Texas at home, and he recently allowed four runs in six innings at Texas. That was, I think, two starts ago. He has started in less than half our leagues. Eric Bedard. Yeah, and that's another one where Bedard probably needs to be starting in more leagues than that. He's been improving, pitching deeper. Um, I wouldn't even put too much stock into that last start against the Rangers. I think Bedard will be fine. Yeah, unfortunately, he wasn't able to pitch deeper last time out because there was a rain delay. I think he threw four scoreless innings. Was that Saturday? Yeah, like and then, four and a third, I yeah, think. Yeah, and then uh, then he got lifted. But yeah, he's been better lately. You know, I said that was our last one star pitcher, but you informed me, Al, before the show, Doug Fister is a one star pitcher, right? He is. Yeah, strange thing. The um, Tigers want to give Justin Verlander an extra day of rest this week, so um, they're calling up Jacob Turner to start on Thursday in Verlander's spot, and then that pushes everybody else back. Meaning Fister's start on Sunday now becomes the start next Monday. Fister becomes a one-star guy, loses a lot of value as a result. And Scott is <laughs> crusty. Not happy about it. I, I wanted him as a two-star option the first week of the playoffs. We're not doing two-week playoffs in the podcast? We are doing two-week playoff. So I could still take advantage of him next week. I guess it doesn't make it a doesn't difference. Matter. But what if I have too many two-star pitchers and I can't find a way to get him in then? I didn't have any this week. He was going to be my guy. Okay. All right. I'm well, upset about sorry, it. Sorry, but you still get the two starts next nah, week. Nah, we'll see. So we will look at two-star pitchers now, and we'll start with Jaime Garcia. First of all, he might not be a two-star pitcher at all. He what's, is, what's his deal? Garcia will definitely not be a two-star pitcher. He might not even be a one-star pitcher because um, they are skipping. The Cardinals are skipping Garcia's next start. Um, and this is terrible because I am now actually blanking on the uh, non-prospect minor leaker that they've called up. Scott's going to help me out here. Um, but anyhow, so his next start's been skipped, and all that uh, Tony LaRusso has said about this is that Garcia will be put back in the rotation sometime during their next homestand, which could be, and I think likely will be, um, late in Week 22, but isn't even necessarily so. So Garcia is extremely risky to use uh, in week 22. Mark Burley, Minnesota at home, Detroit on the road, owned in 83% of leagues, started in 55%. Starter sit Mark Burley. Stardom. He's at the point now, he's having a better season than normal, which is, you know, his normal season's a pretty good thing. But having a good season this year um, and to the point where I think any two-start week, you, you start Burley. Trevor Cahill at Cleveland, home against Seattle. Oi. I'm, <laughs> I'm going for it. You should go for it. I'm, I'm going, going actually, for yeah, it. Yeah, he's coming off my bench, too, because um, these are two really good uh, matchups for Cahill. Was really good against the Yankees this week when I advised everybody to sit him. And I, I think uh, for good reason. Understandably, right? yeah, I was so. right with you. But um, 
you know, and who knows? I mean, and Cahill is really hard to predict, but correct. Tends, Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but he's better at home. Much right? better. Much better. And and the first of those two starts, which is the tougher matchup, mm-hmm. is at home. So No, it's at, it's at Cleveland. It's at Cleveland. Home against Seattle. Oh, I was looking at the wrong one. Yeah. Okay. Well, still, one of the two's at home. So that helps. So Cle- Cleveland at home today could not uh, score against Bruce Chen. Actually, I think they scored once. So um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cleveland's not a juggernaut by any means. Everybody's uh, heard. Starter said yeah. Brandon Dixon, Al. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the That's, replacement. Thank you very much. It. Brandon Dixon is your Jaime Garcia replacement uh, this week. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't even start him in uh, uh, NL only. Homer Bailey has two starts. Homer Bailey has Philadelphia at home, St. Louis on the road. Starter sit. He has kind of stopped the up-and-down pattern he had going on when he came off the DL. Three pretty good starts in a row. And, uh, you know, those matchups aren't enticing, but I think if you didn't, if you were looking for a, a two-star guy, he seems like a better choice than than a lot of the guys you could find off the waiver wire. So uh, I guess I would lean towards starting Bailey, but, you know, he's tough not a must-start. Yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's Very tough matchups. I, I would go, let's see, you want to do this game? Two-start two start Bailey or one-start Phil Hughes? One-start Phil Hughes. I would go with the two-star Bailey, but I'm not as sold on Hughes. This is twice now that Al is gone, gone over Scott with the uh, with the Hughes start against somebody else. Uh, Brett Cecil, Baltimore on the road, Yankees on the road, 37 percent ownership. This is sort of similar to Bailey in that Cecil, aside from a, a pretty bad start on Thursday, had really been on a, a major, major strong uh, run. Uh, but these are tough starts for him, even at Baltimore, because Cecil's a big-time fly ball pitcher. That's a big-time home run park. Um, you know, one swing from a Mark Reynolds could ruin his evening. Uh, and then at Yankee Stadium. But that said, I think between the two starts, and particularly with the Orioles start, I think Cecil will produce enough that you could use him. Brandon McCarthy at Cleveland, home against Seattle. Yeah, here's another one. Sort of the like his teammate, Trevor Cahill, doubted him with uh, tough matchups, and he came through in a big way. So you can trust uh, McCarthy at Cleveland and at home against Seattle, just like you can with Cahill. And he's only owned in 45% of leagues. Same ownership as Homer Bailey, actually. So Bailey or McCarthy? McCarthy. Wade Davis at Toronto, home against Baltimore, owned in 42% of leagues. No, thank you. <laughs> Bronson Arroyo coming off a great outing. He has the Phillies at home and the Cardinals on the road. Yeah, what I've written in the pitching planner is any other week, any other pair of matchups, I would actually trust Arroyo this week. He has been much better lately. Uh, I really do have to wonder if the uh, mononucleosis had a lingering effect. It tends to do that, mm-hmm. um, as we know with your guy, Jed Lowry. Um, That's right. So Arroyo's a much better pitcher now, but I don't, do not trust him with the Phillies at home and the Cardinals on the road. Alex White at Arizona at San Diego, owning 20% of leagues. Very risky, but I think some potential for high reward here if you need to if you, if you need to go, go for broke this week and you're lacking in options. I think White is an excellent sleeper. And Joel Pinheiro and Jerome Williams both have Seattle on the road and Minnesota at home. Enticing matchups for Pinheiro and Williams. And they're barely owned. Yeah. Anybody I, double fist pumping here? No. Not even single. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, Williams, I could see the potential for him to have a, a solid week, but you know, just the one start. There's there's nothing to go on with him. Oh, oh. oh. Just the one start. Yeah, he, he has yeah. the one start behind him. Okay. I think two now, actually, but. In oh, really? Event, yeah. Okay, so still, I'm wrong any way you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the right conclusion, though. 
a little too much risk there. We're going to quick pitch now and look at Al's AL player first. It's Mike Moustakis, red hot. Mike R- Moustakis. Red hot, but uh, not in the way you might be hoping for. He is 18 for his last 35. That's a span of 10 games for a 514 batting average. But the slash line here, you add on the on-base percentage and the slugging. Okay, again, 514 batting average, 564 on-base, not that much higher, 657 slugging. Wow. Yeah, so those 18 hits in the last 35 at-bats, 13 of them singles, five doubles, no triples, no homers. So, um, I mean, obviously there's there's something very good there, and it, it does raise his value, but not as much as you might think because for Moustakis, the thing for me that really was questionable for him as a rookie was if his power was going to translate, especially since a lot of those power numbers were built in pretty good power ballparks in the minors. So not as much encouraging news there for Moustakis. I don't think that the streak really changes his value or improves it in any significant way. Yeah, he's started in less than 20% of leagues. Would you start him over Kyle Seeger? Uh, no, I would not. Then let's go to Scottsdale player, Diane Viciato. Viciato finally came up to the big leagues Sunday or, or Saturday, I guess it was, when the White Sox put Carlos Quinton on the DL, and they found a way to get Viciato in the lineup Sunday in Quinton's spot. Viciato hit a three-run homer, in his first game, and and really, power is you never had any reason to doubt his power. Even when he came up last year, five home runs and 104 at bats, you know he can do that right away. The big improvement he made in the minors this year is that he became more selective at the plate, uh, got his on base percentage up to a respectable level instead of a just plain bad level. 45 walks this year when he had 34 in the previous two years combined. So. If that can translate to the big leagues, which you know I'm still skeptical about, I think a young guy trying to make an impression, he's particularly since he it's in his pedigree to swing at everything, he's going to revert to that. But uh, obviously, if you need cheap power, Viciato should play a lot. Is it going to be every day? I don't know because Alejandro de Aza has done good things too. But for AL only use, I would definitely be picking up Viciato. Al, tell us about Randy Wells in the NL, owning 13% of leagues. Well, I liked Wells certainly two years ago uh, when he got his first real shot with the Cubs in the rotation. Last year, a little bit disappointing, but still decent. And then, of course, he was out for much of this year, came back, and and was just horrible. So I've been sort of checking back on Wells every week or two, sort of like, you know, looking at a pizza in the oven and, you know, seeing if it's it's ready or, you know, if I waited too long and it was burnt. And with Wells, I I think finally, you know, he's close to done now um, because he's gone at least six innings in seven seven out of his last eight starts. He's giving up a lot of home runs, but he's been better, it seems, with each successive uh, start. And uh, in his last three, he's posting a, a 3.38 ERA. And he's, like I said, a lot of home runs still, but he's also getting a lot of fly ball outs and a lot of infield fly outs, which is a great sign. So not by any means a standard mixed league option, but he's owned in just 13% of leagues. So somebody to consider in a broader range of, of deeper leagues uh, as he seems to improve uh, with each week through the season. That's some Chicago-style pizza right there. That's right. Thick crust. <laughs> Not a, I'm not as not that I don't like Chicago style pizza, but I prefer the the thin crust or the normal crust and slice. You're a New York, I'm is it a New, New York. York? Yeah, yeah. But people think New York style pizza is like extremely thin. It's not. It's like normal pizzeria pizza. That's that's what I can says the guy style. who is not from Chicago. 
Is that from Chicago? Is that what you said? <laughs> yes. Yeah, all right. Well, anyway, Yonder Alonso homered today, and he is Scott's quick pitch. And he needs to play more. Exactly. That, that's the thing about Alonso is uh, he, he's come up to the big leagues, and we really haven't been able to do anything with fantasy because he's been on the bench all this time. But what's gone overlooked in that is he has been awesome whenever he has played. 448 batting average, 543 on base percentage, 1301 OPS, six walks compared to only three strikeouts. And he did finally get a start over Joey Votto at first base on Tuesday and had a ridiculous game. Three for four, a home run, a double uh, you know, added to those stats that were already impressive. I think he homered against Sunday also, even though he didn't start the game. Like you said, there's not really a spot to play him unless they're going to kick Votto out of the lineup. They have tried him in left field before. It hasn't gone well. I know uh, uh, in warm-ups he's got taken some grounders at third base to see if maybe he could get some time there. But in the end, it looks like He's he's not going to be able to play for the Reds because he's a first baseman and that's all he's able to play. So this is more uh, about scouting him for next year. And while his stock as a prospect had kind of fallen over the last few years as he you know kind of bided his time down there in the minors, I think this might be kind of another boredom situation where. You know, he didn't really have a way of pushing himself into the majors. There was nothing he could do. Joey Votto was blocking him. So uh, he kind of just hung around there and let his stats kind of level off. And and we kind of forgot about how good of a player he can be. It it looks like he could be awesome. So if he gets traded in the offseason, he's going to be a very big sleeper heading into next year. A very good keeper option. Um, I would say if you play in one of those formats, now might actually be a time to buy low on him because That's his future is so uncertain. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's going to have to get traded or they're going to have to trade Votto. Yeah. One of those two uh, guys. Yeah, I don't see them trading Votto. Trade Votto but, but, yeah, they're, I don't, they would be crazy not to trade him because mm-hmm. they could get so much good in return for him. Yeah, so if you have a league where you can keep – you pick up a free agent and you keep him for like a 25th-round draft pick or something – wouldn't be a terrible idea to pick up Yonder if, Alonso, if, right? If Alonso has a guaranteed starting job heading into next year, uh, I mean, I, I I think he could be like a, a 15th round sleeper in a mixed league. Right, exactly. So, yeah, that would be good value. So we'll go to the emails at dmfantasybaseball at cbs.com. D is in Don, M is in Mattingly. Just read a few here. Nat in Toronto. I was offered a trade in a head-to-head league. Receiving Michael Kadire and Brian Wilson, giving up Gio Gonzalez and Jay Bruce. Giving up... Gonzalez and Bruce to get Wilson and Kadire. I think uh, I think that's a decent deal. Um, I, I still value Bruce a little over Kadire in the outfield, but because Kadire's eligible at second base, also uh, I, I think I would do that. And uh, I like Brian Wilson over Gio Gonzalez. I like a healthy Brian Wilson over Gio Gonzalez. I'm a little concerned about Wilson because it's really not clear exactly when he's going to be ready to come back. So. That makes me a little more hesitant, but uh, yeah, if, if uh, you you know need the saves uh, and have faith that he's going to deliver some, uh, I think it's it's worth it to nab Wilson in the steal. Keeper league here, sixteen team keeper league. This is from Doctor Cheese. It says got flavor. Is that a reference to my Twitter handle? Could be. Lasers got flavor. Interesting. Okay, pick three: Ethier, Hayward, Michael Young, Napoli. 
Pena, Crisp, Gavin Floyd, Ethier, Hayward, Young, Napoli, Pena, Crisp, Floyd. What are we three. doing with these three? Picking three to keep. To keep into next year? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotta gotta clarify the rules here for us, buddy. Michael Young's obvious. Okay. And I think I'd go with the first three on the list there. Uh, Andre Ethier and Jason Hayward. I think the upside, the potential for bounce back is high enough for both of them that I would keep them over Napoli, Pena, Crisp, and Gavin Floyd. The only one I'd even consider is uh, Mike Napoli because of position eligibility, but to me, uh, his playing time is always going to be a question mark. Pick two to keep for next year, 2011. (laughs) All right, thank you. (laughs) Goldschmidt. Oh, no, 2012. Uh, I do that, too. Oh, man, who would have thought? It's already 2011. Do you say 2011, or I guess you say 2011? I I don't think I've ever in my life said that, and I never will. I I hear people saying it. But, you know, we used to say 1911. We didn't say 1911. So eventually it's going to get to that point, right? 2012. There was even a movie called 2012. Or was it 2012? I'm sticking with 2012. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we need to change with the times. I I don't know. I've I've caught myself saying it the other way now. You've got to wake up. Yeah. Okay, pick two from these to keep for next year. Goldschmidt, Ogando, Brandon Allen, Aaron Sibia. Ogando, Brandon Allen. And that one was easy for me. Hmm. Yeah. You like Alan that much. I really do. Yeah. I know I, you I like, like Aaron Sibia. I do like Aaron Sibia, but uh, I don't think he's got, uh, I don't think he's got value higher above replacement level like Allen and, and Ogando. Uh, with Allen, it's more potential. Ogando's already there. Yeah. Um, and Goldschmidt, I'm I'm less certain about. So okay. Process elimination. Uh, I like those two, Ogando and Allen. Brian and Santa Rosa wants to know. Which six of these guys should he start in his head-to-head league? One start, oh, okay, two start Sanchez, two start Anibal Sanchez, and a two start Dylan G. And then the following guys all have one start. John Danks, Dempster, Garza, Billingsley, Cologne, McDonald, Stoffer, Capuano, Paulino, Saunders, Jimenez, Lubke. Pick six. Hey, pick I've six. Got, I've got my six. I think I've got my I've got my six too. So Anibal Sanchez two starts for sure. Mm-hmm. But then I'll go with all one start guys. Otherwise, I'll go with John Danks, Ryan Dempster. I still like the matchup against Pirates. Matt Garza at San Francisco, great matchup. He's been good. Ubaldo Jimenez against Oakland. Obviously, we talked about him and Lubke against Colorado. Since it's not at Coors Field. I would go oh, with that one as my. We six. were so close, Scott. Uh, I did not have Lukey. I had Billingsley. Me too, at Al. Pittsburgh. Me too. So you, you, you don't like Chad Billingsley? Thanks. No, I don't. Did you see what he did Saturday? And it seems like he does that every other start. So uh, I, I don't feel like I can trust Billingsley. Lukey's right. been awesome. I mean, yeah, how can and the Rockies stink on the road, except for Carlos Gonzalez. All right, you can have <laughs> Lukey. I'll take Billingsley. That's it for today, guys. Thanks a lot. Good luck. In week 22, we're back on Tuesday with much more fantasy baseball analysis. See you later.